Look at all these rumors hmm. surrounding the Texans <laughs> every day. Listen, does current GM Nick Casario need some time, some time to get away from this franchise? Cody and I discussed the rumors surrounding Nick Casario that he could be gone after the draft, and the Texans need to lock in a quarterback at number two. The question is, will they? And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what it, that's what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Thursday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube and all of the major podcasting platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm John Hickman, but of course, I'm joined by Sports Illustrated's own and Texan Houston Rocket credential media member Cody Davis. And today's show for today's show, excuse me, Demigo Ryan's press conference. We will discuss that. That was a press conference that took place on Tuesday. I think there are some important details that were shared that we should bring forth. But there's no way we can get started with today's show without giving and diving into the hottest and maybe the most confusing topic maybe just out of the week of the offseason so far and that is will nick casario leave the texans after the draft and possibly the possibility excuse me not drafting a quarterback at two the number two overall pick now this all started with a mike lombardi bombshell on the gm shuffle podcast i believe where he stated He's not sure C.J. Stroud is a lock at two if he's available, going as far as saying he can come off as challenging to a coach. And the vibe around Stroud is he isn't an easy guy to coach. Hmm. Another hot topic was brought up on the GM Shuffle Lombardi podcast where he states there's a longer game being played in Houston. I think there would be some organizational changes in Houston after the draft. I'm not saying people will be fired, but organizationally, things will be shifted. Matt Miller, let's continue. This, this, it's a long road here. <laughs> Matt Miller was on the Adam Schefter podcast and said the Texans gave Will Anderson a flawless grade after his visit, and he's on the top of the Houston Texans board. So that's something that I can't wait to discuss with you guys. That's an inside source on that. Cody, let's start with discussing Nick Casario. And as of right now, I feel like this is probably more of a bombshell. Chances that Nick leaves after the draft. Like, I've never really heard that, that a GM who <laughs> survived Black Monday, survived three head coaches now with D'Amico Ryans, survived back-to-back four to three win seasons, survive messing up on the number one overall pick because of how the last game of the year played out against the coach survives all of that gets through <laughs> all season gets through free agency and help build play. a team by the way help, help build, build a, team. a team and then up and say uh you know what i think i need to get out of here cody let's talk about that john 
I refuse to believe that. And the, the one thing, you know me, I always try to make sense out of everything, you know. And the one thing that I keep going back to is the day after Lovey Smith got fired. We had an opportunity to talk to Nick Casario in a press conference. And remember, I came on this show and I told you guys how different Nick Casario's demeanor has changed. Not only that, I was told by a couple of people that the McNairs finally stepped up and started to take more control of their organization. With all that being said, John, when you go back and you take a look at the last two seasons, Nick Casario tried to control everything. And yes, I know there's also the Jack Easterby side of things that you got to that you gotta take into consideration at, at the moment as well. However, Nick Casario is the one guy who is still here. He's a control freak. It's the reason why he did not work with Lovey Smith. And it's part of the reason why he did not work with David Cully. And say what you want about David Cully, but towards the end of his coaching tenure, let's say around Thanksgiving, he started taking more of an initiative that you wanted to see out of your head coach. And that's part of the reason why they end up winning what? Two of their last three, four games towards the end of that season. So you look at that. And the one thing that I noticed about Nick Casario was the fact that he said, that he was going to take a step back and let the McNairs do McNair things. He was going to focus on general manager type of things. And he was going to let whoever that new head coach come in and do coaches things. Now we are getting these conflicting reports, these conflicting rumors on. Two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, literally two weeks two away weeks. from the draft of how. The Texans want Will Anderson. No, the Texans don't want um, CJ. If it's not Bryce Young, it's either Bryce Young or Bust or whatever the case might be. They're going to trade down and all of this other stuff. I look at this from a standpoint that Nick Casario is still trying to control the, the narrative or the main narrative of what the Houston Texans are going to do and should do. Because at the end of the day, he is somewhat of a control freak, if we're just keeping it 100% honest. Now, you have a head coach who has some umph behind his name. You have a head coach who is bringing credibility to this organization. You have a head coach who is not going to let you do what you want as a general manager like you did at the start of David Cully's tenure. And part of the reason why you and Lovey Smith has never worked out. And I would like to add on top of that, that could be part of the reason why the Houston Texans started the free agency period so slow. Exactly. And I was going to get to that. Now, John, I just look at this from a standpoint. When I go back to that press conference, Nick Casario was very vulnerable about saying that if he doesn't feel he is the right guy for this job. He will be willing to step down and vice versa. If the McNairs feel like he isn't the right guy for the job, he will understand it and they will go their separate ways. Everything that has been taking place or potentially been taking place over the last couple of weeks lets me know that regardless of what is going on, Nick Casario is still trying to control the narrative and the McNairs. And now you got to add in D'Amico Ryans. They're just not taking it anymore. Chad Forbes, this was March 3rd, 2021. Chad Forbes tweeted, Nick realized quickly he signed up for a terrible situation with the Texans. No ties to the area. Had so many better opportunities over the years. Bad ownership, lack of draft capital, only appeal, the quarterback and money. He continued, he finished that statement, that tweet by saying, bet Nick is back in New England by 2000. 
23. Now, to go against that tweet, I do think that everything that he inherited when he first got to Houston is no longer the case. Listen, my thoughts Hmm. about this right now is at that press conference after the week 18 loss, uh, oh, you know, the week 18 win, excuse me, over the coach. (laughs) What you just said, Cody came out and said, if I'm not the right guy, he understands he'll step down. Mm-hmm. The Texans are operating as one of the few teams in the NFL without an official general manager. Now, we hear, like Lombardi said, that there may be some organizational changes. I don't necessarily think – this is just me thinking – I don't necessarily think it'll be Nick stepping down. I think that Houston will bring in an assistant general manager to kind of help smooth things out between the two sides because I do believe, like John McClain re- reported – uh, I do believe the McNairs are happy with Nick Casario, at least from a working relationship. Mm-hmm. And I do think that this is the year that especially this is why you keep them right. This is the year where you see if their working relationship pays off to actual wins or not. But I can see there being friction. Right. So I want to continue by saying that an assistant general manager that is more favorable to D'Amico can help come in and appease the desires of your new head coach, D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, the conversation is pointing to that office, that front office shakeup. I also want to continue with, I do believe that there is some smoke. Some of that smoke could be from Nick Casario not being happy with no longer having the one and only final say-so. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. This isn't a David Cully situation, and this is why at the press conference with Lovey Smith, you heard them on multiple occasions talk about throughout the season, offseason, they don't see eye to eye philosophically. And so... You're not going to win that battle when you just came off two coaches, seven wins in two years, and you helped fumble the number one overall pick, which is why you're in this position in the first place of whether or not you're going to go Bryce CJ because you have the opportunity to control your own destiny. That's number one. Number two is if, in fact, Nick Casario will be out, again, it's to his own merit of not being able to get out of the way. The only way I see a general manager who was already on his last leg get fired after the draft is if he and the coach aren't on the same page. And until this point, I've heard nothing to indicate otherwise. And I find it strange that the combination after a combination of CJ Stroud and Will Anderson's top 30 visit. Now we're getting this information coming out that there could be friction about what's going on. And there could be a front office change on I want to add this. On the same day Bryce Young was in Houston. <laughs> and the same day Bryce Young was in Houston, they also got some of the other players back in the building. So mm-hmm. all of this leads me to, if this does happen, it goes back, back to Black Monday. You move on from Casario once the radar was on D'Amico Ryans. That would be a bad look for the McNairs. And this is from a credible source. The talk of Casario being out has been a discussion in the NRG off 16 and Kirby. That's been a discussion for a couple of weeks now. So all of this could be smoke. However, I was informed from a credible source that Houston will absolutely address the quarterback in this draft. Maybe not at two. We'll see how that plays out. Again, Ryan's is leaning heavily towards Will Anderson and number two overall. I'm giving you guys this information, right? This is also from a source that D'Amico Ryans, who graded a, a prospect as nearly flawless, who, by the way, went to his alma mater, Alabama. 
And if you can't get the other guy from your alma mater from Alabama, well, my, why don't I go get the next best thing, right, in terms of Will Anderson, not the quarterback position, of course. But he is leaning heavily towards Will Anderson with the number two overall pick. And Nick probably doesn't want to risk his career on a edge rusher when his team desperately needs a quarterback. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where the smoke is actually coming from. Nick cannot afford to miss out on a quarterback. And the friction is D'Amico Ryans, who just got to Houston, maybe looking at him and saying, listen, man, you had your time to do what you wanted to do. You failed miserably, which is why I'm here now. And the way I want to build my team is how I want to build my team. He may want to build his team with Will Anderson with the number two overall pick, guys. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and calories? Then you need the best-tasting protein bar on the market built. You got to try one of these great flavors covered in 100% dark chocolate, real dark chocolate. Super delicious. They come in flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. My personal favorite is the churro. I've heard a lot of people say they like the peanut butter brownies. Uh, I'm not really sure how they do it, but they're able to make this delicious bar that's only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Can't beat that. If you're close to a Sam's Club or a Walmart, go ahead and run in and grab you a box. You can also check them out at Built.com as well. Order today. And if you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that Locked On Texans told you about them, go ahead and let us know how y'all like them in the comment section. Can't wait to hear it again. You can run into your local Walmart or Sam's Club today to pick up your box. Amazing flavors highlighted by the churro, in my personal opinion. You got other flavors like the peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, and much more. Check out a bill bar today. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers. What a crazy week for the Houston Texans. Two weeks away from the draft, and it's, it's I'm going to tell you why this is funny to me. And people are texting me all the time, ladies and gentlemen, right, before we get back to the show. Everybody's thought process is when the obvious right decision is there. They can't do this again, John. Why? They can't do this again. Are the Texans flirting (laughs) with the most obvious wrong decision that, of course, fans believe, and I I will put myself in that, you know, category. The wrong decision to make, Cody. So that leads me to the press conference that was held on Tuesday. During that press conference, they had seven questions, at least seven questions surrounding the quarterback position or what the Texans will do with the number two overall pick. After discussing the issues of the front office, how big of a mistake would it be for Houston to pass on C.J. Stroud if he is available at two? We are hearing throughout the NFL world that The Panthers really do like Bryce Young. So if CJ is available at two, if the Houston passes on CJ Stroud, who again has been rumored to not be the Texans' top choice, ironically, after meeting with Stroud last week, how bad of a decision would that be? I don't know. We I mean, let's take a let's take a trip back. 17 years don't do ago? it don't do it well please let's, <laughs> let's talk about that mis- decision that it would be for the houston Texans to pass upon it would be a horrible decision john because first and foremost let me just say this and i don't care who comes at me in the comments who's going to tweet at me who's going to dm me 
if D'Amico Ryans is pushing to take Will Anderson at number two, or if D'Amico Ryans isn't sold on CJ and he's pushing the organization away from that idea, I will go on a limb and say that the Houston Texans made a mistake by making D'Amico Ryans their new head coach. And I say that because first and foremost, that's premature, man. I think so. Not only would it be a mistake, but it also proves that the Texans are okay at being mediocre. Let's put it like what it is. There are a lot of people who did not want to accept the fact that the Houston Texans could draft a franchise quarterback this year because they are scarred. And this will be a huge mistake. Now, with that being said, when I try to make sense of the Texans trying to pass up on the idea of drafting CJ. I look at it like this first and foremost, and I do believe this might be the most, uh, the most obvious answer is the fact that they're just using their poker face. They know what they want to do. They know they need a quarterback and it's all for a game. Maybe they're trying to trick the Arizona Cardinals into trading, into giving up something to trade up to that number two overall pick so they can get Will Anderson. And that makes a lot of sense because I was told Arizona really likes Will Anderson. Okay, I understand it. And you also got to keep in mind that both Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans, they talked about exploring several possibilities in order to rebuild this roster. Optionality, flexibility has been two words we've heard throughout the offseason. Exactly. And they talked about that a lot. So, okay, I get it. I understand it. However, John, if by any chance they pass up on CJ, and they don't take a quarterback with that number two overall pick. And, and this is no disrespect to Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker. I think both of those guys has the potential as of right now to be quality starting quarterback. Hell, I even throw Will Levis in there. You already know how I feel about Will. But they are not CJ and Bryce. They are not CJ. CJ has the potential to be your franchise quarterback for the future, period. So with that being said, if you pass up on CJ... That means that you're going to trade down. John, let's break this draft this draft down as of right now. Well, I don't I don't think so because if you if you don't go CJ, then that means Houston will go Will Anderson with the number two overall pick. Because Will Anderson is not lasting, I don't think, past Arizona. I don't I, think so. I no, no. But here's the thing though, John. There are talks about the possibility of the Texans trading down. Let's just say that, okay? There's only two quarterback needy needy teams within the top 11 that could possibly trade up to number two and get CJ. That's the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. That doesn't make sense. You're not going to give up the number two overall pick to trade down for whoever and, and let your division rival go after a franchise starting quarterback and have him dominate your team for the next 10 years, two times a year, let's say three, whenever you get back to the opportunity where you're facing that team in the playoffs. And then the biggest issue that I have with this, and which lets me know that this is all poker face at the end of the day, you have two quarterbacks on your roster right now. That's Davis Mills. Three. Don't forget uh, (laughs) EJ Perry. Oh, EJ Perry. Okay, I'm glad you said EJ Perry. So you have three quarterbacks on your roster. Perry, Davis Mills, Case Keenum. 
I highly doubt Perry will be a part of the 53-man roster. I'm just going ahead and just throw that out there right now because even if they don't go CJ, people are still saying that they can still walk away from this draft class with a quarterback. And whoever they pick up at any round is going to be better than Perry. Let's just go ahead and throw that in there right now. But here's the next thing. Who's going to be your starting quarterback come week one of the 2023 campaign? As of right now, it's Davis Mills, correct? After the season that Davis Mills have, if by any chance they was willing to give Davis Mills another opportunity, you would think that they would have at least added a quarterback in free agency like a Baker Mayfield. I throw Jameis Winston in here, you know, try to throw some money at Geno Smith, you know, just to create some competition and say, you know what? Let the best man win. And if you didn't want to go that route, you could have traded for Derek Carr. You could have traded for Lamar Jackson. Unfortunately, it seemed like that ship has sailed. But I don't see this organization just all willy-nilly giving Davis Mills the starting role. And he's not going to compete with Case Keenum because the Miko Ryans already said in his press conference that the reason why they signed Case Keenum was oh, for him to be a veteran in the position group. So when you break all this down, John, Nothing makes sense about the Houston Texans passing up on CJ unless it's one of two things. You have the wrong coach in your building once again, or it's just poker face and you're just trying to get something out of nothing. I don't know. This will be probably worse than the whole Vince Young, you do taking Mario Williams in 2006. This will be 10 times worse. And I think this is an opportunity for Houston to be able to get their own version of what the Jags were able to get out of Trevor Lawrence. Got your franchise quarterback who may in the first year may not come in and do great. However, Trevor Lawrence's first year was under Urban Meyer. I but think it's you get Trevor a- Lawrence. John, as many times as you say he on this show, especially during his rookie season, how many times did you say it's Trevor Lawrence. We know what he's going to be when you get him with a competent head coach. And that's what I'm that's what I'm alluding to. This is the opportunity for Houston to put themselves in that position that the Jack Jacksonville Jaguars has been able to do in their last two seasons with Trevor Lawrence, especially coming into his sophomore year with competent head coach. And I don't see why Houston would want to miss out on that opportunity and possibly get what the Jaguars were able to do in year two maybe be able to get that in year one. So this is an opportunity for the Houston Texans to get competitive in in this division, and it starts with the quarterback position. Again, as I already mentioned, I don't see Nick Casario risking his career because whether we admit it or not, if this draft is bad and he goes out there and Lovey Smith's this draft, he probably will never get another general manager job again. So I don't see him risking – his career on a DN when you know your team needs a quarterback. You can't risk it on a DN. On a DN. You can't risk it on Davis Mills you potentially can. being a starter again. And maybe you draft the quarterback late. I don't think that is worth the risk. And when we look at seven questions surrounding the quarterback position, uh, one of those he did address Case Keenum. But throughout those questions at different times, D'Amico Ryan's dodged him, which is what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Houston – I think it's a no-brainer for me. And they could go Will Anderson. And if they go Will Anderson, you've heard me say this on the show before. Listeners and viewers have heard me say this again. If indeed they go Will Anderson, which that's something we need to be prepared for in whatever alternate reality universe, (laughs) then that is the way that D'Amico Ryans wants to build his team. 
I'm not going to go as far as saying that is a mistake, that he was a mistake to bring in as a head coach, because he's not. We can't say that he hasn't played coach the game as a head coach yet. But I will say that that is a decision that I wouldn't agree with. If he believes that in order for his team to be competitive, they got to be able to get physical, which is something that I mentioned before, physical and tough in this division to win it at first, and he believed Will Anderson is the guy, then we have to live with that decision. And then they will still address the quarterback position, no doubt about it. But I believe that you are able to get what the Jags were able to get. And that is a quarterback. I don't even want to say 10 years anymore because I know that's real uh, PTSD for Texas fans. I don't want to put a time frame on it, but at least in a rookie contract. You get a, a quarterback that can come in and make your team competitive. I don't think it's worth the risk. But to that notion, John, and and, I'll, and I'm glad that you said that because I heard a lot of people talk about this. You know, it's okay if they go Will Anderson at number two and, you know, you just give Davis Mills a competition at, you know, to be the starting quarterback come week one of the 2023 campaign. I get all that. And a lot of people are okay with that because they look at D'Amico Rhines and say, okay, he came from San Francisco where it didn't matter who was under center. San Francisco was always thriving due to their offense. However, D'Amico Rhines is not Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is one of, if not the best offensive minded coaches in today's game. And I'm glad that you brought up the Jacksonville Jaguars because once again, the Jacksonville Jaguars have one of the best offensive-minded coaches in Doug Peterson. So you don't have that. I understand you got Bobby Sloyd. Yes, I've been told Bobby Sloyd worked really well with um, Brock during the time he stepped in after Jimmy G got hurt. But at the end of the day, that isn't Kyle Shanahan. And if they go with Anderson at number two, John, I just feel like we're about to go through the whole entire 2010s again to where – you have a foundational piece on the defensive side of the ball. Everything is good from the backfield. You know, I'm pretty sure at some point you're going to get yourself a quality top wide receiver. Your defense is going to be damn good because, look, Will Anderson, Terry Stingley, Jalen Petrie, okay, I can get behind that defense. However, if they only had a quarterback, if they only had a quarterback, if they only have a quarterback, Come on, man. Just get you a quarterback now. The reality of the situation is that has been the Texas history. <laughs> so sometimes history repeats. This is 21 years. And we've been saying people have been saying that they only had a quarterback for what? At least 13 years, I want to say they have had a good team, excluding the Deshaun Watson years. And that was only about three, four years, because I heard his rookie season in the last well, we already know how the last year worked out. This this the Poker face. Little Lady Gaga have a song called Poker Face. I, this is what this is, ladies and gentlemen. I refuse to believe any difference. Thanks for making Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dues from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and much more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcast, and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we close out today's show, more from the press conference that took place on Tuesday. Interesting question that I actually love the response, and I wish we were able to kind of discuss this on the podcast where we had my man Chris <laughs> Carter from Locked On Steelers, who also covers Pitt. And the basis of that 
podcast was just late round gems that is mm-hmm. coming out of out of Pitt, the University of Pitt. Ask D'Amico Ryan's when you look at players drafted on day three of the NFL draft who are potential roster cuts, what are what intangibles uh, you are required to have of them as people and not players? He answered that question by saying day three guys have to be motivated. That's the makeup of day three guys. They have this desire that can't be un- that, that can be unmatched, excuse me. That allows them to unseat guys that are in front of them. That allows them to go on and be very quality players in the NFL. He continued with by saying, what's your drive? What's going to drive you to the edge? Day three guys, sometimes they have a chip on their shoulder that just drives them over the top. I love guys who come in with a chip on their shoulders, something to prove they just work differently. And I think Mm. this is when we talk about number two, right? Like number two, we haven't even talked about 12 that much. <laughs> number two. But when we get later in the rounds, right, and this is where I think the, the, the friction needs to be squashed because I want to see the minds of Nick Casario, of D'Amico Ryans, work hand-in-hand hand to find these late-round gems. I am adamant on saying, when I look at who Houston signed in free agency, Dalton Schultz, you bring him back for another year. You try to get a long-term contract worked out with, with him. Haven't had a top-quality tight end since Owen Daniels. Uh, Devin Singletary is a player that I wouldn't mind Houston bringing back, right? Um, Sheldon Rankins is another guy bringing back. Shaq Mason, I think a deal is going to get done with him at some point. But Houston has signed some players, and it's like, okay, they're good for this year. That one year's nice. But what about the future? And I want to see, of course, day uh, pick number two, pick 12, 33, third round. I get it. But some of those day three players hmm. that's coming out in the NFL draft, you may be able to find some of those late round gems in the fourth and the fifth round, maybe six, depending on who's available at running back and what their skill set is. So the friction, the smoke, and all of that that's going off on 16 and Kirby. You want to see it be put to the side. You want to see these two minds work together in the draft. And then you want to see everything that the McNairs have been trying to bring to light for this franchise, make them more competitive, put fans back in the seats. You want to see all that come to fruition when they put a a better field, I'm sorry, put a better team out on the field. So I love that response from uh, D'Amico Ryans when he looked at the day three players because, again, you got the Savassier Dennis's. You got the you got the uh, Jay Wards of the world, the Ronnie Hickmans of the world. You got the the uh, uh, Nathaniel Dale Tank Dale. You know we call him Tank down here. You got mm. those type of players that can come in and at some point, maybe in year one, is you know more so in year two and beyond, can be impact players for this roster. That's the one thing that kind of frustrate frustrates me about the potential friction between Nick Asirio and D'Amico Ryan's because. I do feel like that pairing could be really good for this organization because say what you want about Nick Casario, but you already know me. I give Nick Casario a lot of credit and a lot of praise for his eye of scouting and his eye of just bringing in players through the draft. I mean, look, I understand Davis Mills isn't the quarterback that we thought he was going to be. I understand that Brevin Jordan isn't the tight end that we thought he was going to be. And I understand there's still some questions surrounding Nick, um, Nico Collins and Roy Lopez. However, 
Go back to that, what was that, 2021 draft, and just take a look at how bad the Texans were in that draft in terms of their capital. And they still came away with at least quality players to where even if they are not starters, they can still be rotational players, i.e. Bourbon Jordan, i.e. Could have drafted St. Brown, by the way. Just throwing it out there. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. I I, I, I mean, look, everybody know the draft is a hit and miss. And unfortunately for this organization, it's a lot of misses. But even with that being said, when you go back and you take a look at last year's draft, you know, there is still a lot of, potential that Nick Casario was able to bring into the draft. And I expect him to do the same again, literally less than two weeks. And in terms of the young players, like a Davis Mills, like a Bourbon Jordan, for example, to where we say, man, maybe it's the coaching that they don't have. Now you got a coach in D'Amico Ryans, who is known for a developmental coach same as Bobby Slowick. Like, you got so many coaches who have a track record of players that they help throughout their careers, and it's just like, if this that, marriage don't work, it's going to be terrible for this that's, organization. That's, I'm glad you said that, Cody, because let's be honest really quick. And when we say this, we'll move on. We may have to bring this up again, but... We got to. If we are being honest, okay, year one, Davis Mills, Brevin Jordan, Nico Collins, Roy Lopez... Uh, I'm missing somebody. Uh, I think it's Gary Wallow was in that draft. Yeah, Gary Wallow. Davis Mills helped you get to number two overall pick. So that was a bonus for him, but he hasn't worked out. Mm-hmm. Nico Collins traded up for Nico Collins. And if we're being honest. Only because of health, though. Whether it's health and we have to add in QB play. We still have question marks about Nico Collins. Brevin Jordan is on the outside, I believe, if we're being honest. Roy Lopez is like a foot-in, body-out player right now. Year two, Derek Stingley works out. Uh, Kenyon Green, question marks, but I think he'll work out. But these are two first-round picks. Jalen Petrie, second-rounder, he's working out. Dog. Um, Damian Pierce and Christian Harris, those are the later-round picks. (laughs) And so – there has been hit and misses for Nick Casario in late rounds. There's also been bad coaching. There's also been terrible coaching staffs. Forgive, forgive me. Very bad put together coaching staffs, which has been at the hand of Nick Casario, which is why when we saw D'Amico Ryans come in, it wasn't none of that you do. No, you had your chance. I got my guys. And this is why everybody, especially when we look at Shane Day and Bill Lazor, excited about what this team could be on the offensive side of the ball because they got two guys that have been able to help receivers, quarterbacks, the whole hmm. nine. So, you know, make sure you guys check us out throughout the week. We got, uh, got some more guests coming on. Uh, I think Cody and I, last sentiments about this is find a way to be able to work with each other professionally and put aside the BS, make the right decision, the smart decision, and we'll go from there. But whatever the Houston Texans do, we have to – you know, roll with them and, and roll with the punches, <laughs> good or bad. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texas. Also, subscribe to the Locked On Texan YouTube page uh, under the under the name, excuse me, Locked On Texan. Give me a follow, man. Y'all, y'all know I lost my page last year, so I'm trying mm. to get my numbers back up at John underscore Hickman twelve on Twitter. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. We will get back to our mock draft, ladies and gentlemen. You but will. 
There's just so much stuff been so going much. on over the last 48 hours with this organization. We had to th- put it on the back burner, but we will get to it before the draft in two weeks. And around this time, at the time of this recording, at 7.26, in the next two weeks, we will know, one, who the Houston Texans selected at number two, and two, and most importantly, who is running the show. The Miko Ryans or Nick Casario. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.